and welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the March uh, 13th game against Calgary, our second game uh, of two against them. Uh, this is the first intermission. We have two goals from Sean Monahan, his 200th and 201st. And we um, don't typically mention the, the other team's goals, but there was nothing of mention on the stat sheet well, that there, we can even there's say. There's a lot to mention of what went wrong. Yeah, I, mean, like, I that, just mean, like we couldn't even say like Gallagher took 12 shots. Yeah, the the, the thing that's starting to... To, to bug me especially you know with I mean we'll focus in on who we're playing now like with Calgary this is the same game we've seen uh you know for the fourth time now I mean like we can't get shots on net can't get out of the neutral zone never uh, neutral zone we can't get out of our zone and when we do we can't get through the neutral zone it's like it's like uh it's like a viscous fluid and we just kind of slow down by the time we're at the blue line and then we have to dump it in and we can't chase it and then um, all the shots we do get, which are, you know, few and far between, are just pieces of crap. We, we're talking, like, Gallagher uh, shots on net from, like, the blue line uh, while he's changing. Yeah. And uh, defensively, look, we look terrible. You know, it looks like every, every play Monaghan, every uh, shift Monaghan's on, it looks like it's a power play. Yeah. I mean, um, look, I'll, I'll say two things to it. One, we are shorthanded on defense right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying we we do have a different line so like I wasn't expecting like a defensive lockdown. The thing that is still surprising by to me is like the inconsistency on the offense because this isn't like we're just not playing like a team that wants to win the game. We look like we're again trying to survive quote unquote these games without Sherratt. I know, and, and we're just like, trying to like make sure we get by. Are we talking like Ben Sherrod or Drew Doughty here? I well, mean, no, like, but that, that's it's, what it's I like, mean. The thing like, is, is like we, if we can't if we can't win a game without Ben Sherrod, like we're we're far worse than I thought. I, we I were. understand. I I agree. I'm just saying, like even with him in the lineup, I don't think it would make a difference right now because of how poor the offense is playing. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm just too. saying, like yeah. it feels like due to the fact that he's out. They're just using that as an excuse to be like, okay, we just kind of have to go through the motions yeah. this game. It's not even like a real okay, game. Yeah, I thought for you. Us. I thought you were implying that we're losing because we don't have. No, ben no, I mean like they're it's not like, taking Jesus it seriously Christ. because the lineups are all shifted. So it's kind of like a, oh, well, if we win this, it's a bonus. Yeah, and this is this goes back to the fatigue thing too. It's like, you know, if we're that fragile, like if we can't lose yeah. a a top, uh, you know, realistically bottom six defenseman then like what the hell are we going to do in the playoffs you know what i mean like what if one of what if like a weber goes down i mean like we we'll might as well forfeit the season then yeah basically you know what I mean? so, like, well, that, that's the to, mentality i think they're in they have to adapt like it's it's crazy here it's like what if we lose kulak do we have to forfeit the next five games or something like that it's like it's crazy like just pick it up and like win them for him because it's like you know he fought and broke his hand yeah for the team so like you know maybe play a little bit smarter defensive hockey specifically Romanov and Mete. I know Romanov I'm not going to pick on too much because he's in a role he shouldn't be in. Oh, yeah, he's out of, he's out of his own So, like, the, whatever right mistake now. he makes tonight, I'm basically putting on coaching, not on him. Yeah. But Mete's already allowed, like, two, like one and a half breakaways. Yeah. Uh, so his speed, obviously, isn't a uh, huge no, advantage. No, it, it's definitely not. Because he got burnt once, and then the second time he was basically on par with the guy. Yeah, um, except he's half his size. So yeah. the guy just holds him off. Yeah, and uh, offensively, what do you think? There's like, nothing. What's, what's There's the... literally nothing. So what do you do? You literally need to... First of all, if I see one more dump and chase where there's nobody chasing the puck, I, like, I, I'm like i going to lose my mind. Because yeah. I've seen it three times in one period now 
where Jeff Petrie puts it from the right side into the opposite corner, and there's no one there. Yeah. Like, it looks like he's missing the net by way wide, but it's not. He's slapping it specifically into the corner, and, like, one, someone's got to, like, like give Suzuki, like, a Gatorade or, like, just, like, a stimulant of some kind. Like, he needs to skate. Like, yeah. I haven't seen him. I know, he does, he's not is skating. He, is he playing? Yeah, he's just I not skating. Well, well, you have, it makes skate. sense you haven't seen him. The only person I see on that on that line is Josh Anderson. Druin is a ghost yeah. right well, now. Yeah, well, no, he loses the puck all the time. I yeah. see exactly where he is. But, like, this is what I'm talking about, Jonathan Druin, on our first line, okay? It's like, you know, beginning of the season, everyone's like, look at it. He's a goal. He's a uh, point per game. Yeah. Maybe it's his year. It's like... That was what he was like the year before, and the year before that, he's extremely streaky, and that's yeah. really not what you want on your first line. Yeah. You need consistency, and you need output, and he's not the guy for that. That's why, like, I, you know, I'm going to double down on that trade that we made. Yeah. Uh, we need a consistent guy to play with Suzuki, because Anderson's mega consistent, but just imagine how much he'd output if he played with consistent players. Yeah, well, 100%. You know, but, and also, like, just the... I don't know if this was a coaching call or what it was, but like we're getting so few opportunities tonight that when we do get them, we can't fuck them up like with the Tatar thing, okay? Tatar had it speed up the left side, okay? Had a bit of an edge on the defenseman, okay? Other line mates are going like, oh, it might be a good time yeah, for a change. Yeah, it's a one on four at that Yeah, point. it might be a good time for a change. It's like, yeah. yeah, maybe, you know, maybe if it's a one one game, maybe if you're up by a goal, yeah, maybe change, get some fresh guys in there. If you haven't got a shot in the last 10 minutes, yeah. maybe sacrifice a little bit more fatigue and go support them to maybe get a shot on net. You guys yeah. haven't got one on net but yet. But like, we also haven't had any pressure. That's the thing I noticed the most is like, we could take 40 shots from the blue line as we're skating in. You need to pressure this team. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's maybe they're just like a very much an antithesis to our team or if it's, or just what it like what it possibly is. But like we have zero yeah. pressure. Also, like, the there's point no net shots, front presence. There's nothing. The point shots are especially not going to work against the goalie the size of Markstrom. No. Like you need to really get especially in there. Especially when you have guys screening the size of Gallagher. Yeah. Like just you, looks over him. Yeah. You have to get in there and, and, and dig these ones in because like the size of this guy, like there's going to be no room. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's driving me nuts and, you know, it, it's... It, it bugs me when we can't progress. You know what I mean? Like I it, it's there's it's, we don't learn. We don't learn. That's the issue. It's like you know, we, this is the exact same problem as last game, if not worse. It is worse actually. Yeah. You know, like we were talking, uh, and you know what bugs me even more is that at the end of the period, um, instead of trying to generate chances, we just try to get shots on net just to make just to stack exactly. the uh, the stats a little bit so that so the coach eye, doesn't oh, yeah. rip into them in the exactly. locker room. Exactly. So they pass the eye test of like, oh, okay, we took twelve shots. Yeah. No, it's like, oh, we took five. Yeah. Exactly. Because they, they actually did take five. No, exactly. I'm yeah. saying like they they want to be able to say they took. 12. I, I I it'd be a miracle at this point if we get fifteen shots on net. Yeah. I'm and I'm saying like it's you know it's it's early enough that like they can turn around, yeah. but history dictates. They're not going to. I hope I'm wrong. Well, the problem is, is like, if they're not learning game to game, yeah, period, period, to, period. to period is much finer, yeah. right? So, like, I, I hope they do, and I know they're capable, yeah. but it's just the buy-in isn't there. No, right? exactly. It drives me nuts. And and this is the thing, is like, this is where you need a guy like Brendan Gallagher on the team. Yeah. Because he's the only one right now who I guarantee will spark them yeah. up. We don't respond well to fights. I've noticed that. Other yeah, I know. Teams, <laughs> it's just not you know, like at all. Other teams yeah. get riled up. Like It doesn't do anything for yeah, us. Just, I think like it just breaks our hands yeah, and basically. screws up our defensive pairings and gives Victor Mete ice time. Yeah, That's worst thing that could happen to us right now is we have one of those Corey Perry fights against yeah. Good Branson. Yeah, Luke Cheech. <laughs> but yeah, we'll... Uh, 
Yeah, we'll catch the second period. You know, let's hope things turn around here. I just want to see some more offensive pressure. I mean, yeah. like, this was just terrible. Yeah. Uh, I'm expecting big things from the Gallagher line. Like, you need those emotional guys to produce. Basically, yeah. I got nothing else. All right. After the second period, we've got a 3-1 game. We have a goal from Petrie, assists from Edmondson and Druin. And a lot more shots. A lot more shots. At least there's a little bit of pressure. I, I need a little bit more from them in general. I'm finding we're getting caught in our zone for long stretches of time, which is yeah. basically all I want to talk about right now. Yeah. For two and a half minutes, Victor Mete's stick was not on the ice. Yeah, I know. He it's... skates around this thing off the ice in front of our net. Like, these are the little things that are, like, why he should not be in the NHL. Yeah, another one, too, kind of goes into that, is when his stick is on the ice, like, behind the net, and he tries to join the play, he has such a light touch on the puck yeah. that he basically bounces it off the boards back to the Calgary player, and, like, he can never manage to actually clear it out of our zone. Yeah, he's just he's just not built for this. No, it's just There's it's, no way it's to so put it. brutal. Like, I, I you know, I... I just really want him off the team. Yeah. Like, he's just, it's, 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 it's so bad. Like, I'd painful. rather you bring up Willette or something. Yeah, or Flurry. Yeah, Flurry. Kale and, Flurry. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, who actually hits people. Yeah. And you know, scored it's just a anything goal with faster this, but than it, him. You know, it, it gets me with the, the stick not on the ice in front of the net, you know, and it bugs me because it's, it's not an excuse if he says he's fast because you'll you'll be faster if your stick's on the ice. Yeah. So it's like, it, it works for everybody, Victor. Okay? Yeah, like, it's if, also like... If you're, if, you're, if you're the Flash, the Flash would still be quicker if his stick was on the ice. Yeah, it's, so. it's just, it's not even that. That's just like, it, it's just such like, like fundamental mistakes yeah. that just shows where his head's that at. That cost him constantly, yeah, but he refuses puck, yeah. to admit it does. Exactly. And the reason he has to keep his stick up like that is because he literally needs to lean on it when people are pushing him. Yeah. Like he needs to keep it as almost like, like he's a trapeze artist balancing. <laughs> Because yeah. he's such a weak little man. His stick man. is also way too short. Oh, yeah. There's, he hunches he, he over does, like crazy. He does nothing right. Yeah, and it's the zebra, whatever. But yeah, the zebra uh, tape oh, job. Oh, tape job, yeah. yeah. Drives me nuts. Because his mom does it for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, other than that, like, wicked shot from Petrie. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, if we if we double what we did in the second, because we doubled what we did in the first, in the second period, then I think we have a shot, um, you know, it, uh, I just don't like how we're playing because we're lucky they didn't score that period. Mm -hmm. Or, like, more. Yeah, because, like, yeah, they're all over us again. I just, I just don't like the way the game is looking, you know? Like, Dom Ducharme, they were talking about how he's got, like, the, like, oh, well, it's one of those days mentalities yeah, on his face. And it's like, I'd fire him on the spot if that was what I yeah, believe well, to be you, true. You have one of those days already. You, you've, you've coached, like, under 10 games. There's also no such thing as one of those days. No. You may, not in this you, type you, of season you, either. Or just in general. Yeah. Just change it. Yeah. It's only it's set in stone. The refs didn't go to you at the beginning and be like, you guys are going to lose this one. Okay? Yeah. So it exactly. doesn't really matter. It's like, no. It's it's go out and change the game. Yeah. You know, you we've been having one of those games for, you know, the better part of a month now. And, like, you know, we saw a bit of daylight. And I still think we are around that bend. But, um... Yeah, I think I'm not expecting us to win every game. I'm just... I need us to try. No, I know. I I don't expect us to win to win every game, but I expect us to win most. Exactly. And like we're we don't win most. And you know when I say around the bend, I mean like I I like we're gonna win some games, mm -hmm. but like we're definitely not where we need to be. No. And like we can't keep losing to Calgary. I mean no. like it, it's brutal. I Eventually mean, like, we have to beat them. Yeah. I mean they're, they're I think they're four points away from us. Something like that. Yeah. So it's like you know these four point nights kind of add up a little bit. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's jump to the food. So Saturday night, obviously, we 
you know, we review a local restaurant. Um, this one was kind of on the fly, so we have uh, no gift cards to give away. We yeah. kind of just uh, made a, you know, made a quick move. But I'll let you introduce it. Yeah, so it's uh, Coat St. Luke Barbecue. Um, obviously, they have two locations. One being uh, Coat St. Luke. Yeah, and the yeah. other in the West Island. Um, actually, I haven't been to the West Island one in a long time. Is it? St- I'm assuming it's still. It's around. still there. Yeah, it's, okay. it's on sources. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, honestly, just very very I, I mean first of all very montreal style food i find yeah. i know it's weird to say <laughs> i always think of this when we whenever we get coast st luke barbecue it's basically uh, it's death by a thousand tenders yeah exactly <laughs> that's what i was gonna say like that's actually gonna factor in i, I want to save that but like it's gonna factor into my rating yeah. but so i i went for the uh like essentially the children's meal on this <laughs> one i got like chicken tenders and just fries. Yeah, but if you saw it, it's not the children's meal. No, exactly. And like to give to give them kind of perspective for those who haven't, uh, you know, been there. It's kind of like your your well, it's a chicken place, right? But it's like kind of like Saint Hubert slash Chalet Barbecue, Chalet Barbecue slash although it's just a, a very like uh, like home style type of food. But um, yeah, so no complaints. But yeah. uh, so what'd you get? I, yeah, I got the chicken tenders basically with yeah. fries. That was it. Yeah, okay. very, so very I, simple. I uh, I mimic Jesse there. You got to go with their chicken tenders, but uh, you know another one I recommend there is the uh, club sandwich. Yeah, that's really good there. I just wanted to change it up for once, mm-hmm. and like you know we get like you know the normal chicken tender meal, and like they do that thing at at this restaurant where they basically quadruple the amount of chicken tenders that you ordered. Yeah. So like well, if you order like six to eight, they'll give you like literally 20. Well, that that's it, right? Is like, I like, especially when we order it, it's typically you can order it, you know, it's either three or six or I think nine, I'm not sure. But whenever you go and you get the six, like you open it up, there's not six tenders in there. They just kind of throw in a handful. Yeah. And I'm at, like, I'm actually going to be giving them half a point more for that because they're just very generous with like, the portion size compared to other places, especially other places that serve this kind of food. Yeah, it's huge. It's a, it's much more food, and I find it's also a lot less like regulated mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, you're not you're never gonna get underfed by this place. Yeah. But it's never like you're gonna have like oh they give you two cups of French fries and yeah. six strip. It's like this is someone who clearly like I get I believe it's the same person who opened the restaurant who's still there that clearly just dumps it into the takeaway thing throws just like a, a handful yeah. or whatever a handful is that time equals six <laughs> and uh yeah you know it's it, it fills you up quite a bit too you get bread as well like the buns and everything yeah. so just have like an overall just a good like solid meal I, i'm going with an eight and a half Sweet. um it, it, it is an eight for me but i'm literally giving half a point extra just based off the fact that like you're just always getting more than you pay for yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to give you an eight and a half as well. I, I think that pretty much nails it. Um, really good chicken tenders. Fries are, are top notch. Not quite Chalet Barbecue, which is coming next week. Uh, yeah. Like I, I was going to say, next week we're coming back with our uh, with our gift card giveaways. giveaways. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Chalet Barbecue, so keep an eye out on our Instagram. Uh, and we'll be reviewing that next Saturday. So we're going to go catch the third period. Hopefully the Habs step, you know, it step it up a little bit, get some chances going. I could see Gallagher kind of having a redemption period. And uh, we'll catch you guys after the game. What an absolute stinker that game was! <laughs> that was not fun to watch. No, it wasn't. All. It was not a it wasn't a good time. But um, you know, it, again, you it's tough to always see that you know that last bit of energy 
that, you know, if we sustained half of that energy throughout the whole game, <laughs> we would have won. But we basically, we, we put on the afterburners with five minutes left to get all these good chances. Uh, it drives me bonkers. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't understand it. And it gets me so upset. You know, and then, so and then they act upset at the end of the game when, like, they put in no effort in the first two periods, first two and a half periods. And then the five-minute mark comes around. We pull carry the two uh, at the three-minute mark. Who's a 917, by the way? Yeah. So for all the haters of carry Price... Uh, again it wasn't him just like just like last game with Allen, it wasn't Allen's fault this one wasn't carrie's fault it's the lack of offensive production yeah we have two goals in two games against calgary yeah it's like it's it's just insane we, you're not we, gonna win games like that we pad markstrom's stats like crazy it, you know i i, I the the uh, inconsistency is gonna kill us because you know it, you know in the playoffs which like isn't a uh you know a, a foreclosed conclusion yet you know because like calgary's you know two Gaming. points yeah two points uh two points out from a, from taking our playoff spot and they're they only have one game in hand on us yeah you know like they only they've only played one more game than us so uh, it's a lot closer than people think and um you know if we're this inconsistent in the playoffs just forget it if we have the, the if we have the game to game variability that we have during the regular season in the playoffs where every game is obviously like huge then just forget it. But. Well, this is where, like, you need to, like, really secure a spot by the April 12th trade deadline and then go all in on guys, like we were saying, like, at Coleman Hall, because you need guys who will actually play. You need consistency. Yeah, we got to move out. Like, yeah, Druin's got to We got to move out, out Druin. Of... We got to move out, Mete. We got to we gotta find guys who can actually play in those positions. Like we were saying, like I, like, I wasn't even joking, but I, like, you were laughing when he said it. Like, Paul Byron's the best forward on the team. And you said, like, I really like how he's playing, but not at center. And my answer to you was, <laughs> well, yeah, he's a winger. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, it's that simple. Like, I'd love to see, like, you know, Victor Hedman play left wing. You know, it's it's just not, like, it's just not their position. Because, like, look, I'm happy Lekkinen was back in the, in, the, in, the, in the lineup. But, like, why was Evans out? It's yeah. like, if you look at Perry, Byron, Lekkinen, and Evans, there's only one center there. Yeah. <laughs> okay? So, like, there's three wingers swap them in and out okay why are you taking the center out i mean like paul byron was by far our best uh our best forward tonight yeah but like that guy cannot play center no he's okay? not a center and like again it's a lot people would look at those bad plays and jump down paul byron's throat where you know paul byron Every would turn back and be like yeah I, I don't know how to play center yeah he's like I, wing my whole life. he's like i agree like i don't know how to play center yeah so it's like he, he's out of position he's uncomfortable I don't think Jake Evans particularly had a bad game last game. No. I think they played great. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what it is. I mean, like, either rest Byron, play Lekkanen, rest Perry, play Lekkanen, or don't play Lekkanen. Yeah. I don't understand why Evans is out. No, I, I don't know what it is. And if it's if it's one of those stupid cap moves, like, Evans isn't the cap move. No. and He makes less than, than Perry does. If you're going to take someone out, take out Perry at that point. Yeah, exactly. You but... can just healthy scratch. Like, I just, I don't understand it's so frustrating and like it, it's draining too because like ever since we started the podcast like like i also feel like we have a certain responsibility to actually like like watch the game like analyze mm -hmm. it not just like like passively watch yeah, it so like i'm, I'm like cons. waiting for like real like like plays to happen and it's just like i'm sitting there for an hour watching us dump the puck into the corner where there's no one well that's the thing it's like we've psychoanalyzed this team's problems for the better part of a month and a half now and it, it, it's getting redundant 
simply based on the fact that they don't make any improvements. Like yeah. there's there's nothing to report on. Like they the breakout still sucks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it still sucks. Uh, you know, now some other things are coming up, like our inconsistency offensively, which wasn't really a problem. It was in, our saving uh, grace. It was our saving grace. And, you know, now it, it seems like when the goaltending's on, the offense is off. When the offense is on, the goaltending's off. And, like, we just can't seem to deliver the whole package. Yeah, like it's, it's like, the, it's like that, that great dilemma of life, of, like, time, energy, and money. Yeah, exactly. You always have two yeah, of three. Exactly. But, but it's like you, you just can't afford to not have all three like i don't understand why every team every single team even the bad ones do this like they have guys i'll take the worst team i can think of the detroit red wings they have mantha bertuzzi and larkin those guys when they put them on the ice will most likely get you a goal doesn't matter the rest and like the the again defensemen goalies like again they have those issues but they're they're fixing them with drafts and trades and everything the point is like I find whenever we fix something, it's at the cost of another. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll have great center depth, but, like, all of a sudden we'll butcher our D. Yeah, and look, I understand, you know, the Sherrod injury kind of mixed up our defense. Yeah. But again, like I was saying, we need to be a resilient team. Yes. Okay? We were talking during the second period there, like, Tampa Bay made it to the Stanley Cup Finals without Steven Stamkos. Okay. They won. They, yeah, and like yeah, again, that's a that's a stacked team, okay, not comparable to the Habs, but okay, let's run to let's go over to Boston, okay? They played half their season this this season without David Pasternak. We're top of the league, yep. first for many weeks. Yeah. Okay. Then you you brought up the example of Washington down Orlov, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, like all and these guys Samsonov. played. They are they are they are literally the top of the league for like all of February. Yeah. They're the best team in the league. Crosby in Pittsburgh, McKinnon in Colorado. Exactly. So it's like you you can't tell me honestly that us losing Ben Chirot is handicapping us this bad. No. It's ridiculous. So it you have to be more resilient as and, a team. And you know, when we go into the playoffs and teams are playing at 120%, someone's gonna get injured. And if we lose Paul Byron, I hope that we don't like forfeit the series. Yeah, I also I do think it's worth mentioning that I think with Sherrod going down, um, that's that's like a first good test for the coaching staff, and I think they blew it. Yeah, big time. I don't think what you do is start shifting things around. What I what I personally think of is like kind of like a Pez dispenser. It goes Sherrod, Edmondson, Kulak, Mete on the left side, right? Sherrod goes out, it just pushes everyone up one. Mm-hmm. So now it goes Edmondson, Kulak, Mete. Yeah. And just like, yes, your third pair is going to struggle a little, but you were fine doing that anyway before, getting yeah. by when everyone was healthy. So, like, this is just then, move them up. And it's one or two games of taking Kulak and putting him with Petrie, which we know they have a bit of chemistry. It's not like Edmund, Edmondson, but, like, Edmondson's the guy who would be next in line with Weber. That's, yeah. like, the obvious pick. And, like, I don't know why they did this well, running then, off thing. Then we go to the press conference, and um, Ducharme says, I don't want to leave my rookie out in the wind. It's like... You just put him on the first pair. Yeah, I know. It's like, so what is it? He he says, I don't want to leave my rookie out in the he wind. He must be talking about Jake Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to leave my rookie out in the wind, but then you start him on the first pair. It's like, yeah. put Edmonds in there, play Kulak with Petrie. Petrie's played with Kulak for a oh, better wow. part of a year. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, that third pairing, uh, ideally Flurry Romanoff, well, but just play you know, less. realistically, Mete, just play them Mete less. Romanoff. Just play them less. A couple less. games. Yeah. But, you know, like, it, it's. 
look, no one's doubting Romanov's a first pair guy. Okay, no one is. No. But he will be in two years. Yeah. Okay, like he he's not developing. Yeah, he's not developing. He, you know, 20, 25. Yeah, he's not <laughs> developing at the rate that a guy whose ceiling he supposedly have should be. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't mean he's a, he's going to be a bad defenseman. He's still going to be an elite defenseman. Yeah. Okay. I just I'm saying he's not going to be like a Kale McCarr. No, exactly. And like I, I don't think many people thought he would be, but a lot of the Habs fans who are jumping on the train right now are upset at his play recently. Which like this is me defending him. Yeah. Where like you're putting him in an impossible situation. Yeah, well, it's like, the thing we we we've coined it. The think Jordan, about his matchups that just think about well, his exactly. matchups just turned into. It went from bottom bottom pair guys all the way to top players yeah. in the league, and like we we coined this phrase, I believe, but it's the Jordy Ben effect. Yeah. It's like people absolutely shat on Jordy Ben yeah. when he was playing with Weber. Like it wasn't even funny. I remember and Petrie on that top pair. I remember how like he was like literally attacked. By Montreal media. Yeah. The second he was our bottom pair guy on that right side and our penalty killer, people were sad to see him go. Because mm. it was like, oh, he's reliable on the third pair, getting like, you know, 12 to 13 minutes a night and then penalty kill. Like, everyone has their role yeah. on the team. It's like, it's again, it's a team. This is the thing people forget too. Because of the emergence of superstars like McDavid and Matthews and everything, it's a team sport. Like, Look at those teams, McDavid, all the teams with the massive stars, McDavid, Matthews, uh, McKinnon, like, what do they all have in common? No Stanley Cups. Yeah. And nowhere near the Stanley Cup. The closest one, I think, is Edmonton, who got to the conference finals once. And, like, you need, like, a team. Like, look yeah. at the teams that win the Stanley Cup. It's like, they they never have a weak bottom six. Yeah, and, and the... And the... The theme there is the resilience. Yeah. Like when you have that kind of depth, a guy goes out, it's no problem, yeah. and that's what our team or looked like. Or going out, a cold streak. Yeah. Look at Dallas last yeah. year. Yeah, but that's what our team looked like. Yeah. Okay, but it's just it's not how we're playing because like you remove like, you know, and you know I love Ben Chirot. Okay. Yeah. But it's just it. He's not Shea Weber. He's no, not Jeff he's, Petrie. He's not a a uh, a structural piece. Okay. Like I puzzle. just it, it's concerning me that this guy goes out and all of a sudden our defense just crumbles. Like it's 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 petrifying. And it's like he he's the equivalent. He's basically the equivalent to like if like Armia went out. Well, that's it. It's like, and like what's going on here? Well, it's like if our offense shut down, if Armia went. Well, that's down. the thing, and what I'm really concerned about too is it seems to be like. There's these weird, like, inverse effects of, like, our defense gets hurt, and then our offense stops producing, because I yeah. feel like we're overcompensating defensively. No, we're not. But but that's what I mean. It's like, I the feel like... The amount of turnovers tonight? Well, that, but that's what I mean, is I think we're so focused on, like, oh, our defense is going to be weak, so we all better play, like, very conservative, that we're, like, squeezing the sticks, and we're not really, like, being aggressive, because it's, it's like that thing of, like, when... You have, uh, I don't know, not not Allen, because he's a good backup, but I'm thinking of a bad backup in the league... But, okay, well, I'll go back a few years when we had, like, Niemi. Whenever Niemi would play, like, we also wouldn't score because yeah, everyone's like, we all shot. have to play defense. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, Auntie's letting a puck in yeah. right away. And, like, that confidence of, like, when Carey Price plays and they can kind of be more aggressive and, like, it's just not there. It's this weird, like, reverse of, like, when a forward goes out, the defense plays worse. And then when the D goes out, a forward plays worse. And it's just, like, yeah. just play your role on the yeah. team. It's, it's just... It, you know, it's also that Suzuki line starting to piss me off. To oh, be honest, yeah. like the there. I just I just got to jump in with one thing. There needs to be some kind of supplemental stuff with that hit on Suzuki. Yeah, that was a brutal that's hit. that's ridiculous. I know yeah. he's okay and everything, but like you can't like if they're gonna go after if like Craig Button for example went after Kotkaniemi for his hit the other day, 
That has to be. Well, now we're talking that Kotkaniemi hit that was on Kotkaniemi. Oh, yeah. Okay, and the Suzuki one, they both they miss, they miss both. But, yeah. you know, what I was going to say there was, um, yeah, but that line is just absolutely yeah. brutal. Like, it's, it's hard to brutal watch. to watch. Like, it's time to, time to switch things the up. The Suzuki, little. like, Suzuki's not skating. No. Okay, Druin's, like, doing what Druin does, which, like, I don't, you know, like... Maybe we'll maybe we'll see a, a rebound effect with Druin in ten games, yeah. hopefully. Um, but you know, Dr- I'm obviously I'm being sarcastic here, but like I would almost prefer if Druin just didn't even pretend to play defense. Like I'd, I'd prefer it if he just sat at the red line and kind of just like waited for the puck, because like I actually think he does more harm than good in our in our in our zone. Like I'd rather just be five on four. No, honestly, like, he gave up the puck so many times tonight in our zone that like just stand by the red line. Wait for us to break out, and like since you you, you just don't want to skate, maybe you'll catch us in time by the time we're at the red line. No, honestly. You know, like, here, how do you feel about these lines? I'm I'm writing them down as you're speaking, just just because I'm I, I just want to see. I'm I'm trying to switch it up completely. Okay, so how would you feel about Tofoli, Suzuki, Anderson, Druin, Kotkaniemi, Gallagher, Tatar, Dano, Armia, and then this like the same bottom six there. Or, like I'm saying, time-wise, yeah. it doesn't matter. But I'm saying, how would you feel about, like, Druin playing with Kotkaniemi on the third pair with either Armia or, I mean, Gallagher? You might go back to Tatar, Deno, Gallagher. But just, the main one I'm saying is, like, Toffoli, Suzuki, Anderson. Yeah, no, I... I that sounds yeah. like it should work very well. Yeah, I, I do the I do that line. Then I do Tatar, Deno, Gallagher. And then I'd go back to the bubble Druin, Kotkaniemi, Armia line. Because that would also bump Druin down to the third. I yeah. think I think with Druin needs is very similar to armia like i think he needs to play against those different matchups yeah and like you know i i think he just thrives down there and like i i just i want him to succeed yeah you know and like the thing is though is that he has these little bursts of success mm-hmm. and it's that's it gives, the problem it gives like almost false hope it does and it, it leads to unnecessary criticism of him yeah but the thing is, though, is that there's these little bursts can't be on the first line. No, like, exactly. It, it's like Armia. Everyone loves Armia. Okay, everyone loves Armia because he he's very six. streaky. Yeah, he's very streaky, and that's okay in the bottom six. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, when you he know? goes off three games scoring, yeah. and then he it's goes like, silent we're getting for ten bottom games. Six scoring. Yeah, yeah and then then he goes then he goes silent for ten games. Then he yeah. has like another uh, you know four goals in in five games kind of thing, and it's very similar to Druin, except Druin we're talking like like 20 game droughts yeah you know and like uh, in a in a in a season of 56 games it's it's like it's brutal it's, you're, you can't have it so you know I, i'd love to see him go back down there with kakiyemi i think to foley on the third line even though like we run all four i think that's a bit of a like a yeah the, guy, the guy's a top three goal scorer yeah in the and NHL. he's he's one of our most consistent yeah, forwards obviously so put all the consistency on that line and just let them consistently yeah, perform and also like it, it does give everyone a role on that line you're gonna have suzuki who will be the playmaker and the distributor? You will like have Anderson and Tofoli, who both can finish, but Tofoli's kind of gonna be like option A, and Anderson is gonna drive the net. Like yeah. it gives you that real like three dimensional game. Yeah. Then at least what we'll have is we'll have uh, Tofoli, uh, Suzuki, Anderson, then Tatardano, Gallagher. Those are like very consistent lines. Yeah, and I would still have Tatardano, Gallagher as the first pair. Yeah, and then then Just our the bottom matchups. six, then our bottom six with like the Perrys and the Armias and the Druins. That's like, okay, if they perform great, if they yeah. don't, we have we that's have our, our first have, two to go. The the thing about the Habs is, and I, th- I you can tell me if you agree with this. I would say we have a below average top six and an above average bottom six. Yeah. 
So, like, you need to play to that where it's like, okay, you need your top six to be the guys that can play in the top six every night. And then your bottom six is going to be the place where, like, those extra two goals a night come from. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it was at the beginning of the year. We had so much scoring from the bottom six. Yeah. You know, and, like, again, yeah, I understand, like, Toffoli was in the bottom six, and, like, it, but it's still, yeah. Byron's there, Lekkonen's there, Evans is there. You know, Evans, the first two games, looked like he was going to go off for, like, a, like a goal every two yeah. or three games. But well, like, Toffoli now has as many goals in the top six as he did in the bottom six, yeah. so... You know, it, it worries me less. I'd love to see Toffoli playing with Anderson. And, uh, yeah, Suzuki. I think that would be a fantastic be a line because I, I think, you know, preseason it would look like a bad line. But seeing how much Toffoli brings to the ice besides scoring, like, yeah. he's not just a finisher. Like, no, he, he's not. He's a fantastic he, hockey player. Yeah. And, like, he's... Very he, well-rounded, but in a phenomenal finishing touch. Yeah, exactly. So and I, all three of those guys on that line can score. It's just, like, it's a pecking order yeah. of, like, Toffoli, then Anderson, then Suzuki. And, like, you'll see all these guys, their performance will go up. Yeah, and Tatar Deno Gallagher, yeah, Deno's been, you know, like, obviously not having a good scoring run this season, but his points are on yeah. par and with what Deno gets. he plays better when he's with those guys. Yeah. So if you're trying to maximize him, and Kotkaniemi, Drew, and Armia... Those guys have history together of success. Yeah, but with the Tatardano Gallagher line, I was saying like the um, he's um, um, had struggles. Yeah, he's had struggles scoring, but his points are on par for what Deno gets. I yeah. mean, he, he I think he has twelve points or thirteen points or something like that. So he he's on par for what he's getting. So like uh, maybe a little bit less. So like let's say let's say Deno's having a rougher year. Tatar and Gallagher are still playing fantastically. So like they're not on a drought. Um, so, you know, you still have consistency there. So the, you still have your top six playing very consistently. Bottom six, you know, let it, you know, just let it be inconsistent. But again, like it, it's, it's not a big deal when that's not your top six. Like if right. you, if you throw these inconsistent players in these huge matchups that we need them to, to, to produce on, it's going to keep biting us in the ass because like when you have an inconsistent player, like Druin, for example, with two very consistent players, all of a sudden, it feels like a five-on-four, well, and they can't it. produce. And just just for the stats on Deno, his career points per game is about a, a half a point per game. He's currently at a pace of about, like, 0.42 points per game. Yeah, so, so we're talking yeah. the difference of 0.08. Yeah. Like, he's really, he's having a slightly down year, and that's those two or three goals that he should have scored yeah. by now. So, like, again... The only reason I've ever gone after him is because he made this year about his offense. Yeah, and he played like well, no, and 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 you were completely right, baby. Yeah, he played like shit. No, I still yeah. stand by it. He's not playing well. Yeah, no. I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's like a panic mode in terms of like he's got zero production. Yeah, he's exactly. Having below yeah. average production. I'm just we're just bringing it up because we I still wholeheartedly believe to Tard. I know Gallagher is a very productive line. Yeah, it's always. I mean, all the analytics points towards it yeah. anyway. And 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 the point was is that yeah, like even if Deno is struggling a little bit this year to Tarn Gallagher aren't. Yeah, so like, it's fine. Like, anyway, you know, it's I, just... I think this is one of those games we got to kind of brush off because, like, there's nothing to learn from it at well, this who point. Who are we playing next? I, Winnipeg, I, I think. think we're playing oh, Winnipeg. God. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we, uh, we like, suck it up. I don't even know when. We'll, we'll have it in the review. Yeah, I, you know, I, these are some big games. And the games. preview tomorrow. Yeah, it's, uh, let me just double check here. We got, yeah, next week, we got two games against the Jets coming up. Yeah. So, yeah, these are, as you guys know, must wins. <laughs> <laughs> These are must win games. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so we'll catch you guys tomorrow during our weekly review. Uh, try to get some sleep tonight. 
Uh, oh shit, I'm looking. I, I thought all the late night games were gone, done, but uh, April 26th, we got another 11 p.m. against Calgary. Oh my so. god. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, good night everyone. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.